Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. And today we're joined by a guest, Pete from Indiana Jones Minute. Welcome, Pete. Hi, thanks for having me. This is fun. You're our, our second guest ever. We cool. had, I, we had I Jerry can't... on earlier this week. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to follow, but that's <laughs> what I could do. And so everyone's already heard a little bit about Indiana Jones Minute, unless you want to pitch it again. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sure Jerry said we, we kind of do the same thing you guys do, except about Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's well worth it. I uh, had some free time last night, so I had a mini Indiana Jones marathon. I watched uh, Last Crusade and then uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they're Last, so good. Last Crusade, was that the one that's your favorite? Yeah, yeah. my favorite is Last Crusade. I love the third one. Yeah, it, those are definitely just, my two favorites. It just, it, it, it's so pleasant to watch and i was yeah. just watching them and smiling the whole time <laughs> this is so much fun uh and, and kestra and i live in utah i've actually been to the place where they filmed the opening of oh, uh, cool. last crusade it's it's in oh, the cool. arches national park mm-hmm. and i've been to like that exact location and and climbed up the same rocks and stuff and i felt so awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool Today in Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, we are discussing Minute 14, which begins with Snow White singing to a chipmunk who is shaking its tail. And then it ends with Snow White saying to some birds, no nest could be big enough for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that hubris or is that... Uh, I, I don't know. She, she's, she's too big for any nest. <laughs> I mean, she could make a nest that would be big. Yeah. But it'd be it, huge. Yeah, it, it was among a list of places where she couldn't sleep. It, it would be as huge as the eagle. Um, in like, uh, Rescuers Down Under? In Rescuers Down Under. The Marahute. 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 Mm-hmm. The giant eagle. The giant eagle. The biggest her nest. Well, one thing I like to do is, is try to think, like, kind of put myself in the the spot of the audience who was watching this. Uh-huh. And I, since this was made like kind of during the height of the great depression, I wonder if this part kind of resonated with people, you know, she's talking about, I don't have a place to stay. I don't have a home. And yeah. I probably people could sort of relate to that. Well, earlier well, this week, um, Kestra gave us some insight on this, song. this song that she's uh, oh, okay. singing at the beginning of this minute is about the depression. Yeah. And... They wanted to give some hope and, and, and some smiles to those who were, having a hard time. Um, oh, nice. Okay. The depression. So oh, wow. yeah, that's what the song was about. So maybe that was also influencing this, you know, ending segment, but let's start at uh-huh. the beginning of the minute. So we've got the intrepid, brave chipmunk who's approaching <laughs> the singing woman in the clearing. And she goes down to pet him. Yeah. And he, he looks just so excited bolts. to like be close. And he's like, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And he's, he's shaking his tail and then he's out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really surprised when he when he when he bolted. Yeah, but then he almost immediately came back and hopped into her lap. Yeah, so it's like it's like he books it out of there, and then uh-huh. the next second, a chipmunk hops up into her lap, and I don't know if the, the same, same one. Uh-huh. And then a, a deer comes and gets close to her shoulder, and more chipmunks slide up, and some rabbits and everything. So, like this one runs away, and then all of a sudden, it's like, no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a fact about the deer. Okay. Um, so basically the the young deer's movements were kind of inspired, like how he's timid and shy and and then he like warms up to her. The way that he, he is wary of, of Snow White and the way he moves 
and moves up to her, um, were inspired by a house cat. Oh, wow. Did they not observe an actual deer? I don't believe so. <laughs> I think they observed animals for Bambi and not for this particular. Well, I, I was wondering about that. Like, were these kind of prototypes for Bambi and like Chippendale? And like, because they look a lot like, like I think early versions of them. I think a lot of that. I, I don't know if Chippendale had already been present in any of the um, earlier Merry Melodies. I'll look up how. But um, in regards to Bambi and, and everything, you know, all of these animators were getting a lot of experience here that, I mean, Disney liked to keep their animators around. So uh-huh. I think a lot of these same animators did continue to work um, for Disney. And, and those that got a lot of experience with the woodland creatures here got to kind of take center stage for, for doing Bambi. Um, Chip and Dale were created, Chip and Dale were created in 1942. Okay. So, uh, so about four years. Of, yeah. So, oh, yeah, sorry. Maybe. 43. 43. So five years after this. So almost certainly some of the same animators with experience yeah. from this, um, were working into the, the Chip and Dale chipmunks. Yeah. There's a lot of chipmunks in this sequence. There, probably, there are. probably more chipmunks than. It's probably what helped inspire chip and dale was somebody was yeah. was doing some of the comedy work on the chipmunks yeah probably um i'd say there's more chipmunks than any other critter in yeah. in these woodland scenes yeah um maybe maybe birds yeah maybe, maybe birds blue, eastern bluebirds but the but the chipmunks are the ones that are are you know on the ground getting into the space with snow white uh-huh. the bluebirds they get like cutaway shots for uh-huh. birds chirping Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like we've got the uh, California state bird here, the California quail. <laughs> is that what that I, one is? I didn't know that, 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 that was little, the That little thing bird. on top of his head. Yeah. I knew it was a quail. I didn't know that was the state bird of California. Yeah, which is funny. Like we've got the California they, condor and everything. but <laughs> Do they have that um, that coloration? Because we have quails. We, we're in Utah and we have quails, but they're always like gray and, gray and black. black. Oh, that's a good question. That, yeah, so, I don't know what you should that. Because the, these ones are, are kind of bright red and and brown, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I actually saw quails today. You did out oh, on wow. our uh, on our porch. I saw some scrub. <laughs> wow. I was like, it's like I'm living in it's, Snow White. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like they, dead they winter. I don't think quails do. Hmm. Um, they didn't have any baby quails. It was all adult quails. But it was like five adult quails walking across. They did have yard. babies wow. in the fall. So I don't I don't know I'm a just, lot about I'm quails. Just looking up, uh, I don't either. But I'm just looking up. I just looked at Google image search, and it looks like most California quails are kind of blue, and kind of that brown color. Some of them have a little bit of reddish brown, but okay, maybe well, not it's brightest, brighter than the quails I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she finishes her song, which she's been singing uh, with a smile and a song, uh-huh. and then there's like applause <laughs> from all the. <laughs> All, All the, the forest creatures. <laughs> so they're they're a fan of her singing. Yes. Yeah. So Pete, we get a, we get to ask everybody this question as a guest. Uh, do you find Snow White's voice, singing voice or speaking voice, to be irritating at all? Ah, oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I don't. I actually, I don't think I do. Like, I like it. I I don't know if I'd want to listen to. I, I don't know if I'd want to listen to it all the time. So, like, not necessarily like a book on tape. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. But I don't think I find it irritating. Like I, it just I associate it with her. So mm-hmm. I, I, so I kind of expect it. But yeah, I don't think I find it irritating. How about you guys? We have come to the conclusion that we feel like 
we really like should based on like voices we're familiar with and, and more accustomed uh-huh. to, but it suits her fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it suits her um, innocence and, and yeah. everything about her. I, uh, I'm person personally, I am musically trained um, uh-huh. and uh, I'm a singer and I find that if I just listened and, and her, her vibrato, um, the, the, like trill kind of in her uh-huh. voice as she sings. Uh-huh. I find that very annoying, but that's how it was back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I, if I listen to the song without animation or anything, I find it just a tad annoying, but I think the animation adds it to, and adds to it and makes it less frustrating for, for me. <laughs> well, it, it seems to me that it really fits the kind of innocence of the character. Like, because I, I I saw somewhere that Deanna Durbin tried out for the role, and I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, she would have been incredible, but I, I, it would have been a completely different Snow White, and it yeah. would have, you know. But and we also would have been robbed of Deanna Durbin later because I think didn't Walt Disney own the rights to to the woman's voice that sang? Yeah, her? he held her to a contract, and she was a lifelong contract. A lifelong contract, <laughs> and she she was classically trained as a singer, but she could not appear in any. Um, roles anywhere ever again, except she did have a small role in Wizard of Oz that had like that's one crazy. or two lines, but yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and talking about, you know, other potential voices for Snow White, there were also a lot of potential designs. There was a long time where they were considering a blonde uh, oh, character, wow. which wow. I can't imagine can't at all. Like blonde. it doesn't line yeah. up with anything, no. but they have, they have a lot of the, you know, the, early artwork for it has uh-huh. um blonde hair and huh. and all kinds of different designs i mean in some of them she's also her oh is that one with red hair yeah you've got red hair kestra wow. has a wonderful book of kind of the history of some of the development but also uh-huh. different face shapes like less round a little more uh uh-huh. long face uh-huh. and things like that but i'm like everything that they've settled on has become so iconic so it's really hard right. to imagine right any any alternatives and that goes for the voice as well yeah i, I definitely hard and i think in the original grim like the fairy tale i think she had black hair and i think it's like blood red yeah. lips yeah Eb- ebony hair um oh yeah is, yeah is part of the original story so it would be so weird to change that would not follow the grim's um story yeah and and that would mean that the the magic mirror would have to change what he says because he says hair black as ebony, lips red as rose. Uh, oh yeah, skin white as yeah. snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, speaking of the mirror, it was I don't know if you guys have heard of the the Mandela effect. Yes, where... this is actually um, we so we talked about this without actually using that term. Oh, and okay, one of the guests that um, we're still talking to about coming on later. Uh, said, "Hey, you should make sure you talk about this if you haven't recorded, uh, you know, <laughs> stuff about the the mirror." Uh-huh. Um, so why don't you go ahead and explain? Uh, I pe- people are going to get familiar with this through our podcast because it's <laughs> yeah, going to come up a few times with different guests, I'm sure. Well, yeah, there's this th- this theory someone came up with called the Mandela effect, where there are parallel versions of reality that people remember something from the past, like huge groups of people remember something that didn't happen. And so like people think of when they think about those kids book, the, the Berenstein bears. But when you look at it, it's actually the Berenstain bears and everybody wonders, wait, did we all misremember it? Or was it always that? And yeah. so 
And then this is there's an example in this movie that I it blew me away when I rewatched this because I had always thought of uh, the mirror or the queen saying mirror mirror on the wall, but actually she says magic mirror on the wall. Yeah, and um, so we like when we realized that like live on the podcast we started looking into it. <laughs> it doesn't like it never says mirror mirror. That doesn't happen like anywhere, and it doesn't say that. In, it in, doesn't even say magic mirror in the Grimm's story. So this is... Yeah, I, I, like the, the copy of the to, Grimm's um, fairy tale that I have, I think she says looking, gla- looking glass upon the wall. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so there's this whole change. But then a couple years ago, there was a live action Snow White um, called, adaptation called Mirror Mirror. 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 And it's like, no, <laughs> but like, I mean, I guess it's okay. But somehow that has stuck into the, into the consciousness. Um, I know some other examples of the Mandela effect are like Darth Vader's line in empire strikes back. He never says, Luke, I am your father. Right. Um, or, or like in uh, Casablanca, Rick never yes, says, that's play the it next again. One. Yeah. That's the one I was going to say. Um, it, it's not play it again, Sam. It's, it's yeah. play it, Sam play uh, as time goes by. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And there's also a massive, massive one going on right now. Um, people are trying to find like a VHS copy of a film that doesn't exist because everyone believes that this film exists. Uh, and they, I'm trying to, I don't know all the details, but people think that uh, the actor Simbad was in a movie where he played a genie. And, the, <laughs> and, and he's like, sorry guys, I wasn't in that movie. And the most likely thing is that it's being confused with um, a film in which Shaquille O'Neal, I think played a genie that came out of a boom box. Yeah. <laughs> and like made it raid candy and fast food and, <laughs> and things like that. But like somehow there's also like a memory of like a very, very similar film starring Sinbad. And he's like, no, I, I didn't, I didn't do it. And there's people like, no, like, I watched it all the time. I know this thing exists. Yeah, and I think the the Sinbad one. I think people remember is Shazam, and, and the, I think and the, the Shaquille O'Neal is Kazam. because yeah. I, I I brought that one up to Jerry a couple weeks ago, and he did not believe me. He was like, "No, it's a movie." <laughs> Which one? He, he thought the Sinbad Shazam. one existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Of course, yeah. it's a movie." <laughs> uh, yeah, and so and I like I had to wrestle with that one. Like when I saw the news about it, that people were going nuts trying to find copies on eBay and stuff. Uh-huh. And somebody yeah. saying, it's like, I've got it in my garage. I know <laughs> it. I'm going to go look. <laughs> <laughs> and so people get really intensely attached to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's and so this, yeah. this is definitely another of, of those phenomenon, the Mandela yeah. effect. Yeah. And they gave, that this one blew me away. Cause I had always just, known it was mirror mirror on the wall well so, and it took us a while to even think about it like we were minutes in to the film talking about the magic mirror and it said wait wait that's not the line <laughs> <laughs> so after she after snow white finishes the song and and gets her round of applause from the birds and the animals which i don't like i don't know how they are so excited about it like it's a nice song <laughs> but but you know they were super scared of her and now they're not yeah (laughs) i guess they're just really really polite animals maybe that all Um, yeah that all speak english yeah or at least comprehend it i was i'm gonna mention that later on (laughs) and she says that she's quite happy now and sure to get along somehow uh even though 
minutes ago, and I know you're not, you know, part of the discussion in those minutes, but mere minutes ago, she had, you know, an absolute attack of fear and collapsed yeah. in the clear. Yeah. Now she's like, oh, it'll be okay. I mean, the huntsman almost killed me. And my stepmother wants me dead. Yeah. But he's going to be fine. I'll I'm, get along. I'm, I'm sure I'll get along somehow. Thanks to uh, With a Smile and a Song. Singing, singing song has resolved all of it. Yes. <laughs> Although I do have to say, like, not to sound too sappy, but I think one of my favorite positive messages out of any of these movies is that she has like that horrible expressionistic nightmare, like where she's running through the forest and she sees all those evil looking eyes lurking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then kind of when the, the morning comes and she sees them in light, she's like, Oh, that's not scary at all. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it, I like that. It's kind of a comforting thing. Like a lot of the times the stuff we're most scared of when we have a chance to kind of think on it and really approach it head on, we're like, Oh, wait a minute. I can do this. This isn't so bad. Yeah. Being able to, um, take a second look at things and approach it with a little more thought process, a little more time to be logical yeah. is, is, is really important to getting through things. Yeah. So that is definitely a, a good message. And she found that song was her way to kind of calm down and, and get a chance to reassess her situation. One thing uh, maybe Snow- isn't a good message. I, I noticed there are no pigs among the animals. Is <laughs> maybe not have the heart to show up. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. Uh, uh. Yeah. So I guess at some point during this time in, in what Snow White is experiencing, this must be when the huntsman is carving out the heart okay. of a pig yeah. to yeah. take to the queen. <laughs> it's just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have a note and I'm pretty sure it's fairly consistent. But so far, Snow White has always rhymed, even outside of song. Oh, interesting. I've noticed that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it continues. Yeah. With the dwarves. We'll talk about that next minute and we'll keep an eye on it. But so far, even outside of song, almost all of her lines have been underscored by music. Like there's a lot of music underscoring this whole thing. I don't think they do a lot of silence. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and she hasn't spoken a lot throughout the movie. Yeah, this she is like make a lot. This is like her eighth line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that isn't a song. Um, but yeah, she always seems to too, to yeah. rhyme them as as couplets, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like in this case, it was uh, I'm quite happy now and sure to get along somehow. So now and how is her is her rhyme scheme here? Uh, so if also, anybody was at, having a rap battle today, she would she would be the oh, best. Oh, she's. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in on that. Uh also while she's saying those lines, uh we get our second appearance of the turtle. I'm I'm cheering on that turtle the whole time. He seems to miss everything, but he always gets there in the end. <laughs> that poor turtle. So did, yeah. did you guys ever have you guys ever seen those old uh civil defense videos, the duck and cover videos with Bert the Turtle? No. Mm-mm. They're these they showed kids they made these cartoons for kids back in the early 50s yeah and it was, i'm familiar it, it, with like the duck and cover videos but i've never watched yeah. any and i've never known about the turtle mascot bert the turtle yeah. bert the turtle and he looks almost <laughs> Is identical he just, to the turtle. and so i'm like, wondering i feel like he would just be bert the turt <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was i was wondering if like they they purposely kind of borrowed him from this movie because they knew kids would be comfortable with him so they're like well Maybe, you know, nuclear explosions are kind of scary, but if you're getting this <laughs> kind of happy turtle, maybe they'll be okay. That's very possible. I mean, 
there's so much that in that was influenced by this film. Yeah. So there there's very likely some uh light plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as far as things like the animals go, you know, it's fairly safe. Yeah. Uh oh, Kester has pulled up uh some images of Bert the Turtle. I'd say he looks closer to the turtle in uh in the Robin Hood that Disney did with the with the foxes and animals. Oh, okay. I'd say it looks a lot more like those turtles. But, but there does seem to be a little bit of similarity. He's kind of got that same nose and the same... A little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. Uh, I, have, I have one last uh, comment for, for this minute. So if you guys have any more stuff that you want to talk about, go ahead with, with your stuff and I'll save mine till the end. No, I don't think I have anything else for I, this minute. I don't think I have anything else. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to comment on the facial expressions of the animals because oh. they're just so... <laughs> So cheerful and so lively, just the facial. Yeah, this is um, getting, we've talked some about how the animals are typically the most cartoony part of this film. Mm -hmm. And the, the doves at the beginning are not terribly cartoony, except for a few moments. These animals are, you know, they have facial expressions. They are using human emotions um, pretty much the whole time. And that's uh, a little different. And I think it's part of the transition into a more cartoony element of the film, especially as we get towards the the dwarfs showing up. Mm-hmm. They're they're a completely different kind of cartoon from Snow White herself, but I guess it gets softened in its contrast by having these animals show up and be a little bit uh, on that cartoony side. Whereas Snow White, the Queen, and the Huntsman are very realistic, yeah, uh, rel- relative to all that, and their motions are are realistic. They're not generating puffs of smoke when they suddenly <laughs> run out, run off screen. And so I guess the animals soften that, uh, that transition. Cause when you think about, you know, how real snow white is the whole time, it seems very unnatural that like she could interact with the dwarfs and everything would be fine. And you don't even think about it. Yeah. 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 Um, the last note I have for this minute is that her mouth does not always line up very well uh, <laughs> with her words in this case. And I guess that's something that they developed more and more, the the animation techniques and the voice acting techniques and lining everything up. It, it gets by, uh-huh. but it is not up to modern standards for words matching lips. Up. Like this was so groundbreaking. Like there hadn't been anything like this. This must have even so like this is like, I guess you have to start somewhere, but. Yeah, especially for doing such a, a realistic-looking face and mouth yeah. for Snow White yeah. and the Queen. Um, it's one thing to try and get words to line up with Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. You know, you can do all kinds of crazy things yeah. with that animation. But uh-huh. to make it, you know, fairly realistic, she has a pretty small mouth. Yeah. And so that's not a lot of space to move around and line up with. But I feel like they did a lot better job with her than they did with the prince. Most definitely. They actually had a really hard time animating the prince. No one knows really why they had a hard time with the prince specifically, but that that's one of the reasons why they cut down his role so much. He was originally supposed to be in the movie quite a lot more. Oh, oh, this, an, this animation's a pain. We're not doing <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Cut, it, what cut else, this part down. What else was he going to do? Or what, what, do you know what the other scenes were? Or what? There was like a comedic sequence uh, towards the beginning where he was still in the castle, um, uh-huh. where he's like jumping from a tree and landed in a fountain and things like that. They also... Some acrobatics. Yeah. 
that there was also early talk about a scene where the queen kidnaps the prince and tortures like, him tortures him somehow. in the massive dungeon wow. that she yeah. has but wow. like that was like cut pretty early on wow so it might not even have been infected by yeah difficulty yeah. animation yeah um, animating him with with the words but i don't mind that he's not there me either yeah i don't either i think i think yeah. the movie's either. definitely more about the dwarfs and the queen than it is about the prince and, and snow even white. snow white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the huntsman mm-hmm. definitely not the huntsman <laughs> definitely. He, he he clocks in at like a hot four minutes <laughs> total <laughs> total appearance i think it was actually three maybe uh the minutes that he's actually in it i don't remember exactly i could check um but yeah, yeah, not not very long. But also the prince, not very long at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's actually been a very uh, female driven uh-huh. film so far. Yeah, but then the dwarfs come in. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, then we can call it good for this minute. And uh, join us again tomorrow, where we will be discussing more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Pete, how could people uh, get in touch with you or, or find more of your work online? Uh, if you want to check out our podcast, which is a lot like this podcast, except we talk about the Indiana Jones movies, you can find us at indianajonesminute.com. All right. And uh, we are still getting a website set up, but we'll announce it once we have it. And in the meantime, you can... Listen to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Please give us a review and share us with your friends. And then come back tomorrow for more of Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Hi. We don't have a good sign off yet. (laughs) 